0: My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here. And Happy New Year. If you're brand new coming to the church, maybe you're watching online uh, or in the balcony as well, we're just so excited to begin this brand new 2022 season with you. And with that comes a brand new message series entitled A Better Way. And and I don't know if if you're like me. um, I've had a lot of conversations with neighbors and throughout my life. There, there's nothing mystical or magical about the new year, right? It's a day on the calendar. However, it, it seems to be that season where we get done with Christmas, and then all of a sudden we get to this place and hope abounds. We take a look back at 2021, and all of us are hopeful for a better 2022 in our world, but even more so personally. We we want our relationships with our family members to improve. We want our relationship with our friends. We want to build friendships. We want to we want to grow in our careers. We want to we want to grow in our education. We want to learn more. We have all these aspirations for the new year, and we start now because hope abounds. All right, it's a new start. It's a new beginning for us, and that also comes with our spiritual relationship with God. In fact, my venture to say that some of us in this room maybe are here for the first time in a long time, and I. I'm excited and I'm glad that you're here. Because the truth is, is that every day is an opportunity for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We don't need it to be on January 1 or January 2. We can grow at any point in our relationship because God is faithful to be there for us. But let me kind of share where we're going during this series. We're going to take a look at the next three to four weeks, and we're going to take a look at the Christian life. And what we're saying is that there is a better way. I've said this before as a pastor, and I mean it, and this is not prosperity, gospel, or any of this, but I truly believe the Christian life is a better life. I truly believe that if you live a Christian life, if you live on God's principles, that you will have more wisdom, you will be better prepared. When life hits you, you will respond in such a way and make choices in such a way that will lead to better decisions and a better life. And I think for a lot of us, that have been Christians for a long time. We can attest to that, that God is faithful. And while God never promises that your life is going to be rosy and peachy keen and wonderful every day of the year, he doesn't promise that. In fact, he promises the opposite, that we will face more persecution. We will face more difficulties if we choose the Christian life. But here's his promise. If we choose him, it will be a better life, and it will be a better way. Now, let me set the tension a little bit for all of us in this room. If you're not a believer in Jesus, watch this. There are followers of Jesus in this room watching online in the balcony. There are followers of Jesus that are truly followers of Jesus. However, there are seasons of this year, just like seasons of last year, where we will purposely choose not to live a Christian life. You can be a follower of Jesus and you could be in a season where you are choosing not to live a better way. We all do that, pastors do this. We do this on days, we do this for weeks, we do this sometimes for months, where we know the better choices but we purposely choose not to do them. Now, if that's you and maybe you're in a season right now where Terry, I have been in a season where I have not lived a Christian life a better way, then I want you to lean in because we're gonna take the next few weeks and we're gonna look at the lives of Ezra and Nehemiah. We're gonna look at these two books and we're gonna tell the story of these two books. And within this story, we can learn a lot of what it means to live a better way. Now, with that said, I thought it's also important to give context. So the Jewish people, for many years, like, like a lot of us, We all of a sudden say, you know what, God, I'm gonna choose to live life my way. You know what, Terry, I I wouldn't make that choice. I know, God, but you know what, you've got indigestion right now, you're busy in the world, there's a lot of things going on in Europe, and so you're really not in tune to what's going on in my life, and if you really knew what my relationships are like, you would know that the choice that I'm about to make is the better choice. So God, I know that you need to take a break right now because you're really not in tune. Terry knows the better way, Terry knows the better choice, Terry's gonna make this decision whether you like it or not. That's what really happens at times in my life. I really think that at times. And do you know the Jewish people, they used to do the same. And all of a sudden, the Jewish people started living life the way that they wanted to live, and God kept warning them, hey, knuckleheads, there's a better way. Knuckleheads, there's a better way. And they kept looking at God and saying, no, 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 no. we like this. This feels good. This is better. And then finally, God gave a warning and said, if you continue this, then I will take my hand of blessing off of you And you will find yourself in captivity and bondage. And the Jewish people snubbed their noses at God and said, we got this, we got this, we got this. And all of a sudden, they were delivered into the hands of a king called Nebuchadnezzar. And if you read Western civilization, if you're in college and you are a studier of history, you actually learn about the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was from Babylon. You've heard of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. This is that time period. Well, all of a sudden, the Jewish people are dispersed. They're scattered, and they're forced into bondage. And in the midst of their bondage, I can assume, because I don't know about you, but in my lowest points, those are the points that my humanity seems to say, God, where are you? God, where is your promise? God, I need you. We seem to cry out to God when we need him. And I can imagine the Jewish people doing this. God, what happened? God, where are you? God delivered us. If you're truly God, you could come through for me. But do you know this, that in the midst of that difficult time, and even though they turned their nose at God, God gave a promise to the Jewish people in the midst of bondage. And it's one of the famous passages of Scripture that you and I will ever read. And he spoke it through a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. And I want to read this to you. This is God's promise to the Israelites during one of the most difficult moments of their lives. And this is what he said. This is Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you. Now pause. One of the first things that you have to understand, we read this and we're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. What God says is, you're in the midst of bondage and when 70 years are complete, in other words, Terry, I know you want a quick fix, but this is a difficult season and you're going to have to walk this road. You're going to have to walk this difficult season. And that's not what any of us like to hear, right? Right? but I want you to see what God says. When those years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you, and I will fulfill my good promise to bring you back to Jerusalem, to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. There are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me, and you'll come to pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you in to exile. One of the most famous passages of Scripture is written during the most difficult seasons of life for the Jewish people. And I say that because I think as we begin a new year, some of you find yourself in one of the most difficult positions, and you're here because you want the magic unicorn. And I say that because I use that term for me. Sometimes I look at God like the magic unicorn. All right, God, I need a quick fix. God, I need everything to be better today. And I come to church or I, or I pray and I expect, God, you are to show up right now on my time, on my season, and this is what I want. That's not the better way. Watch this. That's still Terry's way. That's still Terry in control. That's still Terry's desire. That is not a better way. A better way is what God's way is. And a better way is to say, God, it's your time. God, it's your plan. God, I trust you. That is the better way. And the great thing about that passage of Scripture is God says, I do have a better way, and I do have a plan. And this is God's promise to us all. So if you're leaning in, let's break this apart really quick. And in 2022, if you want God's promises in your life, here's what they really mean. Here's what he said. He says that he has a plan. He has a plan for your life, for 2020, 2022, for t- January 2022. His plan is better. Take a look at this. He says, For I know, go to the next screen, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. First thing that we see right off the bat is, you know what? If we want a better way, we can trust God that he promises a better way and a better path. A better path forward now I have a confession to make I have a problem and it and even last night it it rose its head and I'm going to confess it right now I love Hallmark movies (laughs) and I have such a problem that even last night I watched a royal Christmas at home yes it is it was January 1st and I'm watching a Hallmark Christmas movie and I started thinking to myself, son. I loved it, by the way, it was, I was crying, I cried all of them, I don't understand you, I'm just weird, but we're sitting there, and my wife, my son, we're all watching this together, and I'm crying, and I started evaluating, why do I love these movies so much? Why will I have such a problem? And then I, it really came to me, because isn't it true that if you watch this, and, and, and with all due respect to Hallmark... But you pretty much know there is going to be the couple and, and they're going to you know, they're gonna meet one another and, and there's usually a tension at the beginning and, the, and then they grow and they meet and they find, they begin to fall in love and then you know there's a curveball coming, right? You know that there's that one curveball that's gonna come and it's gonna go, no, 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 they're not gonna get together, this is not good. And then all of a sudden it, it resolves itself and then there's the happy ending at the end. And you love that. And we know it's coming, but we sit there and we watch it I think that's what we think the Christian life is and I think that's why we want to tune in, right? I love watching Hallmark because I love watching a little bit of the tension but I know that love is gonna conquer all and it's gonna be wonderful and it's gonna be better. And I think if the Christian life looked like a Hallmark movie that we wouldn't be back every year to the place of saying, God, I've not been following the better way. You see, I think sometimes in January we think, all right, because I go to church, because I pray, because I choose God, then immediately it's gonna be a Hallmark movie. Immediately things are gonna be better. And the first chance where all of a sudden there's difficulty, we give up on the Hallmark movie. Wait a minute, this is, no, 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 there's too much tension right now at the beginning. No, 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 this, this is not supposed to be, You know, it was supposed to be like this. And then we throw our hands up and we walk away. Again, in 2022, I don't want Terry's plans. In 2022, God says that he has plans for a better life if we trust him for his plan. So some of us have to say, God, it's your plan and not mine, and I'm willing to go on the journey with you even if I don't understand it. I want your plan. He also says that he's going to give better principles. He says, I have better principles, better processes, better practices. Take a look at this. He says this. Go to the next screen. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and I have plans to give you hope. For some of us in this room, we need better practices, we need better processes, we need better decision making. You know, I had a, a meeting just probably about a month ago, and it was a a young man who just had a baby. And he had come in and he was sharing about some of the struggles. And how many of you have ever had a child before? Raise your hand if you've had a child before. How many of you thought before you had that first child that you had your act together and you knew exactly how easy it was going to be? How many of us did that? Yeah, we're all laughing, right? How many of you all of a sudden woke up that first day and went, oh my gosh, my whole world has changed. Can I get an amen? Yes. Yes. And I love this because when I sit and I counsel young couples, especially when they have a first child, they come in and to them, their world is going to end. They don't know up and down. They're arguing more. They're fighting more. There's frustrations. There's disagreements. And they sit there and they just know, "I, I, I don't understand. And I have one question, and it's the same question I, I issued to this young man sitting before me. He got done after 15, 20 minutes sharing about the arguing and about the frustrations, and I stopped him, and, and, and he, said, he said, have you ever experienced this? And I said, yes, yes, here's the good news. We all have. And here was the question I had for him. I said, what's your playbook? And he looked at me, and he goes, well, I don't understand. I go, what is the playbook that tells you this is when you feed, this is when you put down to nap, this is when you sleep, this is the method that you do for this, this is the method you do. I said, what playbook, what truth are the two of you agreeing on and using in your life together? And they look, and he looked at me and he said, well, I, we, she talks to her mom and I talk to my dad. We, I guess we got a lot of different places. I go, right, and that's your problem. Because guess what? Her mom knows best. Your mom knows best. Her dad knows best. Your dad knows best. You've got seven truths being thrown in at you, and each of you are pulling for a different truth. You don't know which way is up and which way is down, and you're arguing against one another. And I think that's an example of what we do. Many of us in 2022, we want our way and God's way. Well, God, here's the situation. Here's what I feel like I do. I like this better, so I'm going to do it this way. And we go up and we go down. and We go up and we go down. Here's my question for you. Is God's word your playbook in the better way? If you're a follower of Jesus, do you know God's word? Have you looked at it? Have you read it? Do you understand it? Because the better way is found in those pages. The better way and the better practices. If you want wisdom when you face a difficult decision, I promise you the answers are there. Why do you think so many people call pastors in life crisis moments? It's because they don't know what to do. And and that happens all the time. I'm going to give you a little secret that's going to be detrimental to the pastoral profession. When you call Pastor Terry, you're not getting Pastor Terry's wisdom. You're getting the Bible. You're getting the playbook. All I'm doing when you call me is I'm taking the principles from here, and I am trying my best to bring it to you. And here's the great news for 2022. You can have that same playbook. You can have the better practices. You can have the better processes. But you've gotta make a decision. I know some of you, you have said every year, I need to read the Bible, I need to read the Bible. And you get all the way through Exodus, and then you give up because it's late January and you've stopped. You've gotta start reading your playbook. And if you do, God promises a better hope and a better practice and a better future for you. But you've got to start owning your faith. The difference between someone who calls himself a Christian and doesn't know the Bible is you're renting your faith. You're renting your faith. You don't own your faith. The only way you can own your faith is if you truly know what God's word says. And when you do, you will take ownership of your faith and relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a third part here. And it's this, that his plan is lasting, that you are not alone, and he's in it. I love this, because many of us, we like to think we're on our own, we're gonna do this, we're gonna conquer the world, but take a look at that passage again. He says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you what? A hope and a what? I'm gonna give you a future. I'm gonna give you a future. But more importantly, within that, it means that God wants to be in it with you. Don't miss that. This is all about God saying, I'm gonna give you a great future, but that future is gonna have me walking beside you. And so I want you in my word, and I want you to do something that most Christians don't ever do. When was the last time you actually listened to God? When was the last time, if you're a Christian, that you prayed at night, and when you got done with your prayers, you paused for about 30 seconds, or a minute, or a minute and a half, or two minutes, and you said, God, speak, speak. I don't know about you, but when you build a relationship with someone, it usually involves two people. There's a lot of Christians in this room that want a relationship with God, but you want your relationship with you. You don't want a relationship with God. You just want to hear yourself think. And I'm guilty of it all the time. And so maybe the best thing for you to do is to remember that God wants to give you a better future, but the only way you can have that future is if you stop, pause, and you listen to him. And when you listen to him, he will guide you. If you're a new Christian, you might not get this, but if you've been a Christian for a while, it's called the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, you pause, you get on your knees, and you say, God, I hear you speaking, and I don't want to mess this up. Now, those are God's promises for 2022. And for some of us, we're like, Terry, I want to be there, and I want that, and I want to hold on to it. Well, how can we do this? Let's get practical. Let's talk about what we need to do to rebuild our relationship with God. And there are principles through Ezra and Nehemiah, and they're going to show all of us how we can rebuild our faith with God. So let's pick up Ezra, chapter 3. They're coming back to Jerusalem. Captivity is over. And watch the first things that the Jewish people are going to begin to do. Take a look at this. It says in Ezra chapter 3 verse 1, when the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Josedek, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation, and they sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. What I love about that is the first thing that the Jewish people did is they said, you know what, you are God. Did you see that? First thing they did is, they didn't just go back to their homes, they said, you know what, we need to rebuild our relationship with God. And so we're going to rebuild the altar. And what you have to understand during that time is that was their duty, that was their responsibility, is we're going to make sacrifices on the altar to be able to say that you are our God, that we trust in you alone, forgive us of our sins, we want relationship with you And so they began to rebuild their relationship with God. And here's what a lot of us in this room, Terry, that's what I want. I want to do the same. That's why I'm in church today. That's why I'm watching online today. I want to rebuild my faith, rebuild my relationship with God. And I want to tell you this, though. That is wonderful. But as you begin to rebuild, you have to understand that it's not an all or nothing effect. Because some of us in this room, we think that we're perfect humans. Okay, I'm going to go to church every Sunday in 2022. And then the first moment that all of a sudden, oh, I'm not feeling good and you stop going to church or you don't tune in. And then all of a sudden the next week it happens. And then before you know it, after three weeks, you're like, well, I, have, I blew that. I started off so strong and see, I'm back again. I give up. And it's an all or nothing approach to your faith. Well, if that's you, you are never going to succeed with that kind of approach. I am a pastor, and I would never succeed with that kind of approach, because I'm a human being, and I am imperfect, and I am gonna fall, and I am gonna make choices for Terry at times. And so if that's you, and you say, you know what, it's all or nothing, that is a terrible approach to rebuilding your relationship with God. Have you heard the old adage, the measure of a man is not how many times they fall, but how quickly they get back up. That's the approach that we need to take. God, I know I'm not gonna be perfect, and God, I know there's gonna be days where I'm gonna choose Terry, but you know what? As soon as I do, I want your Holy Spirit, because you're in it with me. That's your promise. You are that hope. I want you to convict me, and when you convict me, God, give me the strength to take a step in the right direction once again. I wanna get right back up, and I wanna do the right thing once again. And so it is not an all or nothing. You need to remember that as you walk into 2022. So the people of God, they rebuild the foundation. They begin right with him. And then we continue on in verse seven. It says, then they gave money to masons and carpenters and they gave food and drink and olive oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. Well, Terry, why are you reading this? You know what I love about this? The Jewish people, they were practical. They sat there and they started rebuilding the altar and they said, you know what? We need to rebuild the temple. Not only do we need to rebuild the altar, but we need to rebuild God's temple to restore our relationship with Him. And you know what, guys? We can't do it alone. You know what, guys? We don't have the resources. If we want our strong relationship with God, we need help. And so, the second thing that some of us in this room that we need to realize is you cannot do it alone. Your relationship with God cannot be done alone. I've said this in starting point for those of you that have come many times, the Christian life was never meant to be done by itself. You can't do it alone. And the first step for you today is maybe you need to admit that. Maybe you need to say, you know what God, I can't be a strong believer by myself. You know what God, I need need someone to come beside me And I need someone to help. But do you know and understand this? In order for you to get someone to help you, you first have to admit that you need help. I think that's the greatest. You can go to sleep. I say this every week, and my my wife actually, we had this conversation. Terry, you say this all the time. Yes, I do, but I really mean it. You can go to sleep for the rest of this message if you can understand this one principle. If you can be humble enough to admit, I cannot do this by myself. I need someone to pour into me. I need someone to pray for me. I need someone because I'm gonna mess up and I'm not gonna do the right things and I need someone that I trust to be able to be there for me. So if you can admit that, oh, you will grow in 2022. And you'd say, well, Terry, who who can help me? Well, the first thing I would say is the Holy Spirit. Embrace the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God in you, Listen to that voice. Be humble enough to say, You know what, God, that was terrible. I t- I've told this story about five, six years ago. I'm going to say it again. My wife and I, when we first got married, we lived in a small condo. You try living in a condo when you're first married and you try, you get into an argument and you want to go somewhere. You ain't got anywhere to go. I mean, you're in a condo, it's tiny. And so we were in a condo and all of a sudden we were in the, the main living space and all of a sudden we got into this argument and I was right. I just want to say that for everybody, okay? I was right. And I knew I was right. And I'm sitting there and she's arguing with me and I'm just sitting there going, I cannot believe she's arguing with me. I am right on this, she's just being stubborn. She's digging her heels in. Come on, just admit that you're wrong in this. And so I got so flustered that I just said, you know what, I just can't even deal with her right now. And I turned around and I opened the door to my bedroom and I closed the door. Now she said I slammed it, it, w- it, was, it was in between, okay? So I was standing in the bedroom and I'm sitting there and I'm just sitting there and I'm talking with God. I'm doing the right thing, the righteous thing. I got to talk to my father, right? He's my wingman. And so I'm like, God, can you believe her? God, can you understand what she's doing? I mean, do you believe what she just said? God, you and I, were on the same page. She's wrong. We know it, right? You ever done that before? Just me? And so all of a sudden, I remember sitting there, true story. I'm not making this up. All of a sudden, I heard God's voice. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. and This is where if we can admit that we are not the sharpest tools in the shed and in our pride, we can humble ourselves. In that moment, God spoke. And do you know what he said? Terry, did you just slam the door? God, you're off point right now, okay? Because God, let's get back to the real thing. I mean, that's minor. This is the major. She's wrong. We need to figure that. Terry, did you just walk out and slam the door? Did you even raise your voice just a little bit at her? But God, again, you're missing the point. And then you know what God said to me? Son, you need to go apologize. I'm not apologizing. No, that's minor. Let's get to the main thing. Fine, I'll apologize for that if she apologizes for what she did. You ever done that before? And you know what God says? Terry, do you trust me? Yeah, I trust you. You need to go apologize. And I almost heard God say, literally, say, you know what, Terry, I know that you want her to apologize you can only control what you can control and you can control your actions and right now you know you did something that is not right and you need to atone for it and so if you truly trust me, you need to go and apologize to her for what you did. I'll take care of her. You need to take care of what you're supposed to do. And so after about five minutes of arguing with God, true story, turned around. I said, fine. And I turned around and I went to grab the door handle of my bedroom door. And the door flung out, out of my hand. And Jennifer was on the other side. And this is a true story. She looked at me and she said this, God told me that I had to apologize. (laughs) So I said, well, I'm glad God said that to you. He told me you were going to (laughs) apologize. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I wanted to, but I didn't say that. But I turned to her and I said this. I said, God told me that I needed to apologize for walking out. And we both laughed. And you ever have that moment where you forget what you're arguing about? It was like that. Here's the point. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit, if I didn't humble myself to know that I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, if I didn't put my pride down and actually listen I would have made a poor choice. I wouldn't have had a better practice. That would have led to a very, very cold evening on the couch. And you string a lot of those type of arguments together over a period of months and years, you don't have a better way, and you don't have a better life. And you begin to see, I can't do it by myself. And you know what, I would even double down and say, Many of us, not only do we need to listen to the Holy Spirit, but we need support. We need people to pray for us. We need people to pour into us. I meet almost every week with a group of guys, two different groups of guys. And they are there, and I pour into them. But you know what? They pour into me every single week. And I purposely choose that. Because I need other individuals around me going through similar seasons of life to be able to say, hey, knucklehead, well, you probably messed up here. You probably should do something different. I need that. You know, one, a great story over Scotland is there once was a 65-year-old pilot, accomplished pilot, and he tells the story about how he found out for the first time in his life that it's better to have someone with him because in the midst of an over-the-air flight over Scotland, he suffered a stroke. And the stroke took his sight instantly. Now he was still conscious and still aware, and so he radioed into the tower and he said, I have a problem, I cannot see, and I'm midair. Quickly in Scotland, they scrambled another Cessna that was close by to come alongside of his plane. And I would share the audio clip, but it's kind of fuzzy, but you can hear in the background The individual in another plane coming alongside of him and basically saying, bring your nose up, bring your nose down, left, right, lower another 100 feet, lower another 100 feet. Are you getting close? Lower another, lower another. And they tried this twice. He had to pull up at the last second. He came back around and he had to try again. And ultimately, only by the voice of another individual was he able to land his plane and have success. And some of us in this room, we need another individual. When we can't see clearly, don't miss this, When we can't see clearly, we need someone else to be our eyes, our ears, and our voice for us. So we need another individual. Last bit, and I'm done. In Ezra 4, four and five, it says, then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia all of a sudden the people of god they came together they're trying to rebuild the temple of god and then all of a sudden their friends and many of the individuals around them began to work against them the third thing that i would share with you if you want to build your relationship with god is to expect opposition expect it to be difficult expect it to be difficult with friends with family and with culture many of us we start this path and we want to rebuild a relationship with god and we expect it to be easy and then all of a sudden, we, we fall into the same patterns because a friend says, oh, come on, no, come on. It's gonna be great. It's not the same without you. You need to come, come with us. It's gonna be wonderful. And if you're in a place where you know, if I go with them, I'm gonna make poor choices. I'm not gonna live a better way. I'm not gonna live a better life. And so I need to not do that. If that's you, you need to expect those conversations and be ready for them. And you need to be honest. In 2022, you might have... A change in relationship. You might have to make really difficult choices. I took my son trap shooting over the last couple of days. I'm a city boy, grew up in Chicago and Fort Lauderdale, so you just have to tell me which way to point the gun, okay? I'm just telling you. And we went out, and I talked to the individual and said, look, I need instruction, and the person came, and they gave me instruction. They told me how to hold the gun and they told me, you know, what to do, and so we went out and and my son and I started shooting, and my son beat me. I just want to tell you that for the record. But I noticed a couple of lessons from that that also equate to our lives. We had a lot of fun and it was something that I loved doing. But I noticed through the process, after about 15 or 20 shots, it hurts your shoulder a little bit. There's some pain. I didn't like that. my son, he noticed after about 15 shots, there was some pain. He'd never felt that before. And then we drove home and both of us, our arms were <laughs> they were hurting. You see the bruise on my shoulder. If you enter into a rebuilding a relationship with God, here's the truth. There's gonna be some bruises. It's not gonna be easy. There's gonna be some scars. It's not a cakewalk. But here's the thing that I'm thankful for for taking my son trap shooting. It was something that I had never done before. It was a new experience for he and I. We spent the whole afternoon together just father and son. And I know, because I have other men speaking into me who have older sons, I'm going to treasure that more than you could imagine because that's a memory that I'm going to hold on to in this season of life. And so if I want those memories and if I want those experiences and if I want the relationship to grow deeper, don't miss this, I have to be willing to take some of the pain. What pain are you willing to take this year to grow deeper in your relationship with God? What are you willing to do to say, God, it's not Terry's way. God, it's your way. And it's a better way because you have plans to prosper me. You have plans for a better hope and a better future. And I want to hang on to it. Let's make 2022 count. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. And God, my heart just opens for all watching online or here on the floor or in the balcony, God. God, I know that there are so many that want a better relationship. And I just pray that they would grab onto these principles, that that they would apply them to their life and that, God, they would become consistent. And when they fall down, because they will fall down, that they'd be quick to get up and they'd be quick to get back on track. Because it's not about being perfect. It's about growing daily in our relationship with you. So God, speak. Speak loud. May we listen. And may 2022 be the most incredible year for us yet. We love you and bless you. In Jesus' name.